The Church Media Podcast, episode 113, Communications and the Church with Kenny Jane, part one. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive po- podcast for helping you cre- create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. We're bringing you knowledge and insight from top media professionals from around the world. Useful, practical content in the areas of live production, design, leadership, digital communications, and more. The show notes for this episode and all archive episodes of the show are available online now at the Church Media Podcast. Podcast.com. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast, the definitive podcast for helping you transform your worship experiences and build solid, thriving media production teams at your church. Before we get rolling this week, I want to let you know about a new movie coming out before Christmas called Let There Be Light. It stars Kevin Sorbo and was written by his wife, Sam. Both Kevin and Sam were very gracious to hang out with me for our 100th episode of the podcast a few weeks ago. Check out a little behind the scenes of how the film came about. Check this out. Uh, the idea struck me, as, as uh, sometimes ideas do, uh, and we, we know where that comes from. And... Um, I called Dan and I asked him if he'd consider writing a screenplay with me, to which he said no. He's a really accomplished screenplay writer, which is something I'm not. <laughs> he doesn't really need me. And he t- we went to lunch and I told him the idea and he loved the idea so much he said I'm in. And then strangely, as these things never happen this way, about two weeks later, Sean Hannity called my husband and said, hey, I want to get into movie production. I think I want to work with you. Do you have a project we could work on? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Kevin said, "Yes, I do." <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, how did and that? So, uh, literally two years later, we have a movie. I mean, it's really quite astonishing. Yeah. So, Kevin, walk me through that convo with uh, with Sean Hannity. How'd that work out? He executive well, you know, produced yeah. the film. Unfortunately, that, you know, Fox is one of the few outlets that actually lets you come on and talk about God-based type of movies. You know, <laughs> For now. talk about movies that have a good message and a strong message. So I've been on Fox many times, as Sam has been. Um, it's been a great outlet for us to get out there and promote things, from you know our books to uh, movies, the TV shows, whatever it may be. And um, you know, we we're friends. You know, I've golfed with the guy and hung out with him, and uh, he called me up and he said, "Look, I'm going to do this. I've seen the success of your movies." And I want to work with you. And um, when I mentioned to Sam, you know, she just said, like she said, that's our movie. So we flew out there with Dan Gordon. Dan's a great pitchman. And he, 30 minutes, Dan talked. We were in Sean's radio office building. And Sean just said, I'm in, you know, just like that. And uh, to have this movie put together that quickly, when most movies take anywhere from three to five years to go from idea to, to the movie screen, and I have this done in, in less, you know, a little more than a year is uh, nothing short of a miracle in itself. I saw the film in an early draft earlier this year. It's a great movie. Be sure to take your team to go see it. On this week's show, I welcome Kenny Jang from Church Butler. We're going to be talking about communications and how you can leverage your social media platforms to bring attention to your worship experiences. So hang tight. My interview with Kenny is coming right up. And now, your church media tip of the week. Useful tips and tricks to help you transform the worship experiences at your church. Here's Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, remember, care about who your volunteers are becoming more than what they do on your team. Here's one way you can do that. 
know their name and their story. I know, it sounds incredibly simple, but knowing someone's name and story is the first step in pastoring someone. This is especially important with new volunteers on your team. Think about it. If you're new to a group, if someone remembers your name the next time they see you, it's impressive. When you are first interacting with someone, learn their story. Ask about how they came to Christ. Ask about their family. Ask about their job. After you speak with them, make some quick notes in your phone or in your notebook. Now, don't be creepy about this, but if you write down a a few quick notes of someone's story with their name after meeting them, you'll remember more about them the next time you see them. Knowing someone's name and their story shows you care. It shows you're paying attention and are being authentic. Pastor your people first. Care about who your volunteers are becoming more than what they do on your team. Get more free coaching for your production team through our blog, podcast, and online resource library. Visit 1230.media training today. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, I welcome on the line Kenny Jang. Kenny is the founder of several companies dedicated to helping churches and ministries win in the areas of strategic content marketing and donor development. His companies include Church Butler, Generosity Labs, and Big Click Syndicate. He's an entrepreneur, pastor, and multi-site church leader. Kenny, welcome to the podcast, man. (laughs) Awesome. Good to be here. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for... uh, um, just waving the storm of us trying to get together. We've uh, we've had a, a time over the last few weeks, so I really really appreciate your time and and uh, this this chance to talk with you, man. Awesome, definitely. Now you got a lot going on. Give me give me your backstory a little bit. Walk me through kind of uh, what God's been doing in your life and how you got started in uh, the the uh, communications field. Uh, sure, um, it's kind of like I've had the. Any tour of communications uh, through my experience. I started uh, working special events and then in an ad agency um, doing high-tech accounts and communications for um, some of the big, you know, Fortune 500 brands. Um, Got an MBA in strategic marketing, went on the client side for um, brand marketing, and... um, and then I got interested and came back to my tech roots and um, was a partner at dot-com, you know, startup incubator, doing strategic marketing for portfolio companies, really helping startups, um, you know, new ventures get the word out. Um, and that flourished into a consultancy. And at some point, there was a calling for me to go back to school, and I got my MDiv at Princeton Theological Seminary, um, and that's where a natural shift happened in my consultancy of uh, focusing on a nonprofit, cause-driven, and faith-based church ministries and organizations to help with, you know, digital, social, strategic positioning, and donor developments. And so it's been a, a great ride, I guess, um, going through the many different disciplines, whether it be advertising, direct marketing, PR, um, you know, and, you know, all the while doing both sides of the fence on the practitioner side, um, you know, been last several years pastor of 
media and innovation in a non-denominational Christian church in New Jersey called Liquid Church. Um, and there's pastor of the church online campus, as well as doing explicit PR media relations for the ministry. Um, and then on the consultant side, really, you know, helping nonprofits and organizations, um, you know, really reach their audiences, engage them, and figure out how to, you know, really uh, expand their world, especially the ministry and the nonprofit world, into the tools and the best practices that, you know, marketplace organizations have had, um, you know, at their disposal as well. Now, you mentioned this a little bit, but tell me about some of the opportunities that you've had the last few years, uh, maybe with some specific churches or, or ministries or organizations that you've worked with. Yeah, so it's um, been a blessing and really, I think, really, a, you know, fortunate opportunity for us to be able to work with organizations such as, um, you know, Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, helping them to revamp their website. You know, just if you think about it, the website is the front door of the church these days. And if you can help, you know, rejigger their digital communications on the web and even increase traffic from the web into the front doors of the church by 1%, 2%, just think of what it can do for the impact on Christianity. You know, New York City has this, also such a disproportionate impact on culture that spills over to other places around the world. So, um you know, being able to help ministries like that. The, the United Methodist Church denomination is another uh, great partner and client that we've been able to impact their communications across the denomination. Um, the Wesleyan Church denomination um, is another one with Biblica, the uh, translators and publishers of the NIV Bible. Um, you know, California Baptist University is another one that we're working with currently um, in a very fun project trying to reshape education for the worship leader in the church who has had an increasing role in terms of visibility, in terms of pastoral care for congregations. Um, and so, how do, you know, what does that look like on, in terms of preparing leaders for this next generation of church leadership? So um, a lot of fun uh, projects, uh, you know, all around. Uh, just had a really fortunate run of being able to, you know, partner with these leadership teams across these organizations. Now, tell me about Church Butler, uh, and you have a team there that provides some some services to churches. What all does Church uh, Butler provide? Uh, that's a great project. So, you know, working with these large national, international nonprofits, you know, some of them have larger budgets, are able to do a lot more, have internal or um, you know, outsourced to our teams for graphic production, video production, et cetera. But, you know, they are actually serving a lot of the smaller ministries. Like 55% of churches out there are still uh, 100 attendees or less, right? So that's the real norm. They don't have video production teams. They, they probably don't have a graphic designer on staff. It's a solo pastor, maybe an associate or assistant pastor doing social digital. And so um, it came to a point repeatedly, time after time after time, we, we hear the burden of the local church. They appreciate and understand the need to be, you know, digitally forward. Um, and so that's where Church Butler came around. Uh, we uh, have built a service that um, provides professionally designed, non-branded social media graphics for the church and videos and uh, content um, on a monthly basis so that, you know, the local church can spend the time not curating and producing and designing stuff, 
but rather schedule the content, publish the content, um, uh, and use their time in the most valuable way. And that's engaging on social, responding, um, you know, answering questions, and um, actually having dialogue on social media. So that's one component of this church public. The other one is, uh, which I think is actually um, becoming apparent to us, is much more appreciated than the social graphics, which, um, you know, as time goes on, it becomes commoditized. Um, it's the training. Uh, we've heard from pastors and surveys that we've done in other places that they're looking for training for themselves, but also training that they can give to their staff members and their key volunteers so that they can become equipped to actually help run the digital and social for their ministries. And so um, we've been producing monthly video modules, and we're getting into e-courses, and um, we have a whole slew of actual tutorials and PDFs, um, e-books that we are actually you know, producing now uh, that are being used by these church ministries uh, in the church butler system. Now, what are some of the—you've dealt with uh, several that you mentioned. What are some of the strugg- biggest struggles that you faced, both professionally and dealing with churches? Uh, so, I don't know if it's um, a problem, but I think it's more that it's just the limited imagination that churches have when it yeah. comes to digital and social. I think they understand that they're behind the eight ball, and there's just a lot of this guilt that they haven't done enough with it. And so there's this struggle that they have, and I think it's um, one of the things that we, our mantra is, you know, version one is better than version none. Um, you know, you got to take the burden off your shoulders. The expectation isn't for you to solve everything about social media. It's to just incrementally gain um, understanding and, you know, you know your skill sets. You know, start with one uh, one project, then add another, then add another. But you don't need to be overwhelmed. Social media, um, as you know, can be a black hole. Um, it, it, it can be overwhelming. But I think uh, that's the, one of the biggest things that we've had a challenge with, changing that mindset of that, yes, you can do it. You can become competent in it. You can actually become very skilled and forward-leaning in it. But you got to start with one step at a time. Good. All right, I want to dive in and pick your brain on the uh, communications field or communications in the church. What are some of the struggles that you've uh, seen churches having a hard time with as it comes to communications and social media? You you mentioned um, them jumping in the game uh, and and things like that. Do you find that... um, their their main struggle is content. Their main struggle, like, like walk me through some more of the the struggles that you've seen churches face. Yeah, I mean, so there's a couple things. I think first to frame it is that it's just the speed and velocity of which the landscape is changing, and so keeping up with it, knowing what to pay attention to, right? So, um, as I say to uh, in one of my talks at conferences, is you know we've had this um, democratization of technology and resources, so. Um, everything's at your disposal. You now can compete with the big guys if you're a small little fry right in, in the whole universe. But the problem is there's just too much information out there. And so this is now uh, the age of the rise of the DJ. The, the curation is the, the place that you want to, to look for. And so um, even looking at place, resources like Church Butler, that's going to help you understand, you know, what, what are the first, you know, tips of the swords that you really need to think about um, is some of the things that I think 
the church communicator can start to utilize. There are plenty of places now that are emerging for the church communicator to look to for leadership and to look to for advice on, you know, what is the next thing that you should be paying to because it is overwhelming. Um, so that's the first thing. I think second is, yeah, you're right, content production. Uh, one of the things that has changed in the dynamic today is that um, all entities, organizations, personal leaders, et cetera, you need to start thinking about yourself really more as a media um, entity, not just a um, organization like a church. Right? People are looking to consume media from you on a regular basis, and that means um, you know the, the struggle that they have is producing relevance, engaging high-quality content on a regular basis. That consistency and the discipline of stay, sticking with it is one of the biggest issues that we're seeing um, that the local church has. Um, and there are many different ways that you can solve it and, and approach it. Um, and once we start to unlock those things, uh, we find churches, churches, especially these church communicators that are tasked with social media, they, they start to find freedom in their jobs and positions. And that's what we love seeing. So if a church is just getting serious about social media and communications, give us some, some first steps. Where do, we, where do we start, like right now? Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's probably universal that everyone agrees that you need to be on Facebook, right? The, just demographically, everybody's on Facebook, and so that's the first platform that you need to dip your toe into the water with. And, um, you know, if you're really starting to get serious about social, you need to engage in a way. What we try to say is um, find the wisdom on a personal basis. The wisdom is what's in it for me. So before you try to tackle it for your church or your ministry, um, get into social media for yourself. So get onto Facebook, find some Facebook groups, Facebook pages, um, follow some authors or influencers that you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be professional vocational. It could be in your hobbies, on your personal side. So once we really figure out what the wisdom is um, in terms of, um, you know, finding how to use Facebook in a way that's engaging for yourself personally, um, then that starts to open up the creativity because then you can see a use case of it, used, it being a benefit for yourself. And then, it, and then you start to think, oh, how can we use this on the other side of the table uh, for our church to be, have the same value and engagement and joy and access to community for the church's audiences. So um, square one, I think, is Facebook, tactically, and then just conceptually uh, find the with them first. What's in it for me? Do use Facebook for yourself first, and then that starts to unlock you know, ideas for how you can use it for your church um, to reach your audiences. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um so you you mentioned a few places, but what are some of the best places that uh, me as a as a church communicator? Where can I go to get resources, helps, community? Where are some of the places that that you go for those types of? Yeah, things? so um, I, I love this because it is rapidly evolving. You know, this community, and this is what social media does. It makes the world a little bit smaller, right? Um, Facebook pages and, and Facebook groups, in particular, are evolving and flourishing. There's a, a, a bunch of different groups out there that are very generous, that are very open-handed, and that are very, um, you, know, um, you know, ripe with both new ideas and exposure to everything that's cutting edge, but also 
um, a place that's a sanctuary that you can, it's a safe place to ask questions from the community's point of view. So, um, you know, for Church Father, we have our own private Facebook group that anyone here listening today can ask to join us called Social Media for Churches. Um, and that's Women's in Social Media. Another great one is um, the, the Big Church Communications private Facebook group, closed Facebook group that actually has about, I believe, 9,000 church communicators across the world right now in it, and so that's another great place. And then I would also point to podcasts, just like this one. Um, podcasts is, um, you know, have, have come, come around again, I think largely because of Netflix Nation, right? On-demand content um, is something that the mass market has started to really embrace um, mainstream, and that's why podcasts are in, in favor right now. And so um, I don't know if you know, but uh, Christianity is the category of podcasts that is dominating iTunes. Uh, there are more podcasts under the Christianity category than any other category out there. And then church marketing, church communication, social media, et cetera, um, those, those are, you know, ripe with great content these days. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a church who, who's been in the social game for a while, what if I'm frustrated with my lack of engagement, right? How, how do I solve uh, that problem? How do I go, you, uh, know, you know what I'm saying. How, how do I yeah. solve So I, you know, there I think it's, you know, I, you know, everyone is has their own individual circumstances, but I can say generically, if you're going to say a broad swipe at that issue, it's probably because, and this is the mantra we say, is put down the megaphone and pick up the telephone. Social media is yeah. meant to be social for a reason. Um, and so if we're looking at your stream of content, what percentage of that content is actually about you and the church? And what percent of that is actually about your audience and what they're interested in? And so that's the kind of thing that we would start to look at in terms of engagements. Um, you know, looking at the mix of content just on a very plain level, will will be show you the telltale signs of whether or not your your community that you're trying to build is really something that is um, begging for engagement or not, right? So that's just that concept. Are you posting and publishing content that assumes participation and response and commenting, or are you just putting things out there that are um, you know safe and complete on its own? Are they are you saying statements or are you saying questions? Are you actually offering resources and things that are um, really centered around the needs of your audience, or are you just talking about your church all day long? Um, the metaphor that we talk about is cocktail parties, right? If you went to a, some sort of cocktail party, there's all these circle of friends that happen at any given party. Um, if someone showed up in that circle that you're talking with friends and all they talked about was me, 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 um, when you go to the punch bowl and you come back, you have the decision to reinsert yourself or not, um, if it's full of people that are just talking about themselves all day long, um, you probably are not going to go back into that circle. And if you do, you probably are not going to really engage and be conversant, right? Um, but if you're in a circle of friends that are engaging, that are asking questions that are interesting and diverse and actually um, are positioned in a way that is open to um, having dialogue with people, um, those are the types of conversations and circles that you want to join. And so it's the same exact thing for what are you saying online and how are you saying it 
and are you bringing other people, are you drawing people into the conversation? All right, let's talk uh, about email lists for churches. Give us some pointers on how to increase my email list and engage that audience. Ah, email is the killer app. Um, we are really big on email here when we are coaching, consulting for nonprofits and churches, and so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so the first thing is looking at, you know, the content on your sites, on your website. Um, are you actually, you know, offering opportunities for people to give you the, their email address and do that in exchange for some type of resource, some type of download, some type of video, um, something that they can have in exchange for that? Most church websites, when we first interact with them, don't have any of those what we call lead magnets um, or opt-in pages. And so that's the first thing. Uh, HubSpot um, just did, a, I think, did a survey a couple years ago that looked at websites that had um, just a couple of lead uh, magnet pages, you know, pages where you can put in your email address and sign up for things, uh, versus those that had 30 or more, 40 or more, 50 or more. Um, there was a hockey stick uh, correlation in terms of how many email addresses you're collecting um, to the number of landing pages that you actually have produced with opt-in forms for email addresses. So uh, just on a very plain level, I think it's trying to figure out what type of resources would be interesting to your community and to your audience that you can you know, quickly produce and build out forms that would be you know, exchanging their email address for some sort of download. Um, so that's the first step that we would take for you know, any church that came to us and said, hey, we want to build our email list, uh, our house list, as we call it. Uh, talk to me about our email subject line and the importance of that. Can you give us some pointers on making our subject lines more appealing? Oh, that's a very popular topic. In fact, that's one of the, on my personal blog at kennyjane.com, um, that's actually one of my top 10 or 15 blog posts. Um, recently, I was just looking at the analytics. Yeah, and I, have a, I have a post there going over like these top five subject line formulas that um, you know, people could use in terms of writing their subject line. So their subject line, your headline, Right is the most important sentence of any email because that's going to determine whether someone opens up your email or not. And so you need to spend a lot of time and energy. And I would say almost um, for every email blast that we send out, uh, we write about 10 to 15 different versions of potential subject lines for an email to go out um, at the very beginning. And then we call it down, and we actually usually test one or two of them, figure out what the winner is on a small sampling, and then we go with the winner. Most organizations, most comm teams, don't do that. And just that one practice of sitting down and brainstorming um, a dozen, two dozen uh, different subject lines at the very beginning will help increase uh, your engagement with your emails. Um, now, in terms of the actual content of the emails, there's definitely... Um, a couple of different things that you can do. First is personalized subject lines always win, right? If you are able, if you know the person's name on your email list, include it. Figure out ways to actually say, hey, you know, Carl, you won't believe who will be at church this Sunday. That's a great opening subject line, right? 
Um, you could use things such as other identifiers, um, you know, uh, names of other family members in their, uh, in their family or the town that they live in. Um, there's anything that in your database you should be, be using. You shouldn't be collecting information in your email database that you're not going to use. Second one is using questions in your subject line, being very engaging. Um, those are the types of subject lines that get opened. And um, obviously, the how-to subject lines are popular, right? Uh, you know, how to do X, Y, Z related to something that the audience is interested in um, is something that you know would open up a lot of emails uh, in particular. So those are just three quick back of the napkin ideas for improving your subject lines that you're writing for your email blast. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Keep your pants on. I mean, what do they pay the doorman around here for anyway? Okay, okay, yeah, come on in, come on. You're drunk? Oh, you can't pull the wool over your eyes. The basic tenet of Christianity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Coach's timeout. Don't you dare tell me about the love and the compassion of your so-called God. Because if he felt like sacrificing his only begotten son, well, that's his business. But he should have bloody well kept his hands off of mine! Yeah! What do you think it does to the boys to take the death of their brother and use it as part of your carnival act? Pays the bills. Clinically dead in the ambulance for four minutes. It's a miracle. I saw Davy. Well, all I wanted to do was just I wanted to put my arms around him. I, I don't want to do it. You've gotten the best scientific explanation. It hasn't brought you any comfort. Would you consider consulting a different source? Aki is your God, and he's holding out his hand to you. All you gotta do now is take it. Jesus gets whacked, right? I've never exactly heard it put that way, but yeah. Follow me here. This ain't brain surgery. Do you believe that God hears? God always answers prayers. Sometimes we just don't understand the answers. This better be good. That's what I said. Let There Be Light in theaters this Friday. Be sure to catch all show notes, archive episodes, transcripts, and all kinds of training material gems at our podcast URL, thechurchmediapodcast.com is where you'll find all the good stuff. You can get this episode directly by visiting thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 113 as in episode number 113. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week, I welcome Kenny back for one more round as we continue our discussion on communications and the church. We'll be talking about social media engagement, building your email list, your email subject line, predictions for social media platforms, and more. Remember, you can leverage your communication strategy to not only get people excited about your weekend worship experience, 
but also give your experiences mileage past the weekend. Come check out more from Kenny next week. Don't miss my friend David Michael Hyde, our podcast producer. He's online at davidmichaelhyde.com. Go visit him today. And it's a privilege hanging out with you guys each and every week. Go out there and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Please take a minute today to rate and review the show in iTunes. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. We'll catch you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast. 